Hey there, my name is Nathan Agin. This is The Working Actor's Journey, bringing you in-depth conversations with actors that have been working professionally for decades. Today, we have a text work session with the award-winning narrator Simon Vance from episode number 23. Previous sessions of text work include Shakespeare, Pinter, Stoppard, and newer works. And if you enjoy this text work session, I highly encourage you to check out the full episode with the guest, as it is packed with so much more on life as a working actor. In this episode, Simon shares how he worked on a couple of different audiobook projects. First, dealing with a practically unreadable chapter in Alan Moore's Jerusalem, and then a bit on The Wake by Paul Kingsnorth. You'll hear Simon discuss the research and immense work that went into the audiobook of Jerusalem, how he made sense of unusual spellings and dialogue without punctuation in The Wake, and what he believes is good narration. Plus, we chat about building confidence and how to approach audiobook projects you may not enjoy. It's a great session, and it was really wonderful to hear Simon's process of both experiencing anxiety and putting in so much effort to make sure he does the book justice for both the author and the audience. So here we go with Simon and Jerusalem. Please enjoy the text work. So thinking about some of the other books that you've worked on, you actually sent over a couple samples because I was curious about what books have been challenging to you. And, you know, there are many different levels. Books can be challenging, whether it's in terms of content or, you know, characters or accents. Um, but you actually sent over, uh, you know, and we can pick just one or, or if we want to talk about both, but you, uh, sent over a couple, I would say, of extremely challenging texts uh, right off the bat. And and actually, one, one of them, uh, Jerusalem, I mean, that has an interesting backstory in terms of all of the research you did, like what in, what you did to get into the mindset of that book. So I don't know if you want to talk about the, you know, mm-hmm. the prep for, you know, just doing the book first or working on, you know, part of the text. I don't know what would make, what would make it easier well, for you. And let me sort of take the, the expansive view of uh, when you say the sort of books I like and stuff like that, I mean, I do enjoy challenging books. I mean, um, mm. now there's challenging and challenging. There are books that are badly written, and they're like trying to walk through mud, um, and I hate that. But um, and, and to be honest, uh, there's a lot more of those getting through now than used to be because every single book is being made into audio, and there aren't always gatekeepers and. Um, you know, a lot of books are self-published and so on and so forth. Right. And those, those, those get made into audiobooks too a lot of the time. Um, that's not a lot of fun, but there are some books, um, and, and you mentioned these ones, Jerusalem. The other one uh, that I'd sent you was by the, the called The Wake, yes. Paul King's novel. Yes. And I, I, I'm you know, one of these. We won't do both of them, but that's a fascinating book as well. But let me go to Jerusalem first because that's Alan Moore, who is the uh, you know master of the graphic novel or as he calls it the comic he loves the comics he he was in the 80s sort of reinvented swamp thing reinvented comics pretty much with swamp thing and he's he wrote v for vendetta watchmen and stuff like that a lot of these things made into movies which he totally disapproves of (laughs) he's a he's a wonderful eccentric and he's written a couple of books one small one and then a few years ago he wrote this thing called jerusalem um which is um uh it's about uh, 800 900 pages or a thousand i'd and um it's huge, and 
I got asked to do it. And I was a little bit sort of gobsmacked by this. That's an English expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't know quite, ooh, this is exciting. Um, I didn't think for a moment I couldn't do it, but I, I hadn't seen it by that time. Right. Um, and I called, um, I actually wondered, who can I talk to about this? Because it's sort of a secret thing. But um, uh, I know Neil Gaiman, and I, I know he knew Alan Moore, and I just sent him off. I said, hey, guess what? They've asked me to do Alan Moore's book. And he was like so excited, and he said, do you want me to introduce you? I was like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I said, And he said, you should go over and meet him and spend some time with him, because he always writes about, at that point I didn't know what the book was about or anything, mm. he always writes about Northampton, where he's lived all his life. He's very much a homebody and, and never moved anywhere, doesn't like traveling. And I thought, oh, well, that would be great, but I have no time in the world. I can't go. Uh, a couple of weeks later, I was in New York for, um, I think, the uh, Audio Publishers Conference, and there was a big poster, because the Book Expo was up at the same time, big poster of the huge face of this intimidating wizard called Alden Moore. And I thought, oh, my God, this is an important book. I really, really should do the work. And I looked at the calendar, and I saw I had four or five days available to me just before starting to do the book. So I actually had Neil get in touch with Alan, who then I, who then arranged that I could meet him. It was very complicated. But anyway, I flew out from San Francisco on the Monday, landed on the Tuesday, visited my younger son in Norfolk on the Tuesday night. Wednesday, I drove to Northampton and spent several hours with him, with Alan, as he wandered around Northampton, showing me all the places that were mentioned in the book. Wow. And a lot of telling me a lot of stories. We sat and had a coffee and stuff. And then I flew back home on a Thursday and I sat in the studio and started recording chapter one on a Friday. Wow. Because I only had a few weeks to get it done in. It's a 60 hour book. So I actually did it over a period of June. Was it 2016? I think um, I did it in that month. So I did pretty much a chapter a day because um, all the chapters were about two to three hours. There was one chapter I asked him about, and it's called "Round the Bend." Mm-hmm. Um, he t- the, the, this story, this book does a sort of sort of story behind it in places, but many of the chapters are written in the style of a certain writer, like um, Samuel Beckett or, okay. or others. And, um, and he had this one chapter written in the style of James Joyce, in, as in. I think it's Finnegan's Wake, the one that you oh, okay. find it. So he, desc- Alan Moore, even before I seen the book, had said, "I've got this one chapter that's practically unreadable." <laughs> so I looked at him, and went, "Yes, yes, it's practically unreadable." I asked him about it, and he said, uh, "Well, the only advice I can give you is you could try doing it in an Irish accent." And and I don't know, you know, some listeners now may know James Joyce's Finnegan's Wake, which is a, a terribly convoluted book that sort of be- is a big loop. It sort of ends. It, it ends with the sentence before the beginning, so you can read it in a circle if you want. But it also requires he, – he spent 10, 20 years writing it because it's so complicated in that he uses words and changes them so they send, sound the same as the word you were using, but they have a different meaning. Wow. And it just gets very dense. Um, and I, I mean, I've <laughs> – the first line, and it's about, it's called Round the Bend because his, his, James Joyce's daughter, Lucia, was in a mental asylum in Northampton. So everything in his book is about Northampton. Oh, wow. So Alan Moore wrote this chapter about an adventure that Lucia has escaping from the asylum, and he writes it in this James Joyce style. And I'll just do the sentence, the first sentence yeah. or two. He says, Awake, Lucia gets up with a rising of delight. She is a puzzle, sure enough as all the nurses and the actors would affirm. 
but nibber a cross word these days, depending on her mendication and on every workin' Grimpill's progress, which sounds like gobbledygook to some extent, but it's if you, it's actually almost harder to read off the page than it is to right. hear it. Yeah, yeah, if I was sure. making it flow, because you know, awake, Lucia got up with the rising of the light. She's a puzzle, puzzle, sure enough, as all the nurses and doctors would affirm, but never a crossword these days, depending on her medication and on every, I haven't quite worked out work in Grimple's <laughs> progress, but Pilgrim's progress is in there too, because right. he gets a lot of historical references in there too. But it, it was, so it's three hours of that. Wow. And I actually, that was the one time I had the director, call in on Skype and listen to me and he listened to the first hour and said oh you're fine <laughs> left me to it and I wanted him to sort of I, I I mean it was okay by that time I was more confident but at the beginning I thought I don't know if I'm going to be able to read this so that it right. makes sense right yeah because yeah because there's not only not only the the accent uh and and applying that to the words but then also making sure that you're understanding the sentence and the meaning yeah. of it it's oh yeah it's it's yeah I mean it's like translating a foreign language to some degree of and and yeah. you know uh even tra- even good translations can miss subtleties of things so it's like yeah. you know how are you uh, I think I said in email when you uh, sent this to me, like I opened up these files and I, I immediately want to cry. I was just like, oh my God, if, you know, if I have to, and I, have, I have to narrate this, I don't know what I'd do. Uh, and similarly, like with, um, the wake you said, I mean, the wake, I, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know. Well, what, the fascinating what thing about Paul King's North is he, he created this language. The wake is set shortly after the Norman invasion of Britain in about, uh, the invasion was 1066. So this is, this is set sort of a year or two later. Um, this fellow, he's, he's a landowner, a, a villager in, um, in Kent. And he's dealing with the changes, uh, uh, sort of the, the old religions, the new religions, the invaders and all this stuff going on. And, the book is in a sort of train of thought, you know, it's just ev- oh, okay. every thought without like punctuation Jack kind of stuff. Yeah, without punctuation. Right. Sometimes the lines are separated, wow. sometimes they're not. But he's also invented the language using some of Chaucer and some original words. Mm. Um, uh, now, you know, this one was, I mean, I can't even describe it. You have to see the page. Right, but, right, uh, right. It, you know, when you're presented with a paragraph which doesn't have any punctuation, and it's a conversation with people, um, and you have no no sense. Um, I mean, there's well, one here that begins. I was no. I is a sockman of Holland, a part of the Shire of Lincoln, and it's spelt. You know, the Shire is spelt S C I R of Lincoln, which is the county, but it's L I N C Y L E N E Lincoln, where the ground was black and good and deep, and that's D E O P. Wow. But so I did it with an old English accent, you know. Our hum was an island in the fans on all sides, the wild on all sides, the dabchick, the water wolf, the leash, and the dirk waters. Our folk know in this place like we know in our wife man and our children. We know in fishing and fowling, the gathering of the leech. It might be lesh or something. I can't remember what I did there, but, um, you know, basically you make sense from it for the listener and it's actually easier for the listener than than somebody reading the page right. anyway we've gone straight off into this hole but it, <laughs> uh, to sum up i i love that kind of difficulty that kind of challenge i wouldn't want that all the time i'm doing a book now um just to jump sideways mm-hmm. called case white which is about the uh, german invasion of poland at the beginning of the second world war and it's actually wonderful but it's terribly dense mm-hmm. terribly dense um and it just lists constant, uh, you know, battalions and so on and so forth. There was something I was reading this morning uh, in the studio, and it was just so dense. And I thought, 
you know, are people actually going to listen to this? Because it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's so full of facts. And I've had to spend time with a Pole. I've uh, got a lot of Polish pronunciations, um, a lot of German, a lot of Russian. But, you know, like with everything, and once I, I complained to a publisher because the book I was doing, I, I wasn't enjoying. I thought it was really badly written. And uh, the person I spoke to said, yeah, but it, it's got an audience. Mm. And that's something to bear in mind. Yeah. However bad you may think it is or difficult, there is an audience out there and you owe them, um, you know, you, you, you want them to trust you that you're going to do a good job for their right. what they particularly want to hear. Well, and I mean, I know you said you tend to narrate a little bit quicker and, and, um, but I'm curious, you know, with a book like, uh, Jerusalem and, and not the entire thing, but maybe even the round the bend chapter, uh, or, or even other chapters, do you have a lot of time to prep or, or is it because of maybe your radio days or other training? Do you again feel like maybe not on the fly, but you are much quicker in terms of, getting things ready so that once you hit the booth, you know, you're ready to go. Yeah, I think my prep is quicker. Um, I mean, we definitely have to know what's in the book. Um, what we do is psych reading, but because you can never, unless you have a photographic memory, you never sort of know what's going to come up. So you're psych reading it, but you can't rely on that. You know, if you're telling a story, you need to know who the characters are and so on. So you need to have done the research. And of course, if you've got pronunciations, you need to have those all prepared. Um, I think being a good narrator is about knowing that you can handle it. Mm. I think the same thing applies to any kind of performance. You know, I I don't get nervous about this. I sit down here. I know I can handle it. I'm nervous, actually. You know, my wife, I, I, I always warn her because I'm starting a new book. So I usually end up in a bad mood for the day before because I'm, I am nervous. There's a sort of a nervous energy that can take. I'm not sure if I'm going to get this right um, until I've done the first chapter. And I go, okay. Yeah, I got this. And I don't think there's any book, trying to think, um, probably if I've been asked, because there have been occasions when I've done recorded a book twice. I think I've recorded Treasure Island twice. So in those situations, well, I know this book. I know I'm going to be fine. But most sure. books, new books come in, I don't know. And even though I've done as much research as possible, I'm nervous. I don't know. Am I, you know, is this going to come out right? And I think it, it helps as a stimulus to make sure I get it right. I mean, I... I think it's like actors who probably they've played King Lear a hundred times. Right. I think they're still nervous the day that the night they go on is what's going to happen tonight. Hey guys, Nathan here one more time. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe so you don't miss anything ahead. Be sure to visit workingactorsjourney.com for additional info and links for items mentioned in today's episode, as well as all the episodes. You can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All the links are on our site and in the episode notes. Become a premium member and enjoy additional benefits and perks of the show starting at just $2 per month. Head over to workingactorsjourney.com slash premium to join the Working Actors community. Thanks again to today's guest and to everyone that makes these episodes possible. And a special thanks to you for listening. I'm Nathan Agan, and enjoy the journey.